Hi, this is Claire from Come Back Brighter. You're listening to my podcast about healing after narcissistic abuse. Welcome. Hi, this is Claire from Come Back Brighter. So what I want to talk to you about today is um, something that I realized about coming from a narcissistic family. So when you realize that you come from a narcissistic family, you understand there are certain behaviors that are not normal. Okay, when, once you realize that's what you come from and you're starting to go through the healing process is you kind of putting these things together and working out that, it, that it's not, not normal. Uh, but the other thing as well that, um, that I've realized myself and has been quite detrimental in my, in my relationships is that I thought that my parents' marriage was normal. I thought that because they'd been together for a long time, that that was the way that a relationship was supposed to be. And and no doubt, not only like with my ex-partners, but also like with my friendships, it's kind of led me to have um, unrealistic expectations, um, but also kind of to behave in ways that are not naturally with my character. Okay, so, and this is how much, oh my God, this is how much I thought my parents had a normal relationship. So there's a song, I can't remember who it's by, but it's called Dance With My Father, okay? And he's singing about, his mum and dad dancing in the kitchen and like it's, it's supposed to be like illustrative of the deep love that they felt for each other. And and I, th- every time I heard that song, I thought of my parents. And now, and I even, I even bought the album to, to listen to that song, to have that kind of same sentimental kind of feeling about my parents' relationship. Like I had a, a connection with that song. But the, rea- the, but the reality of their relationship is so far from that song. It's unbelievable. In fact, I think he's talking that uh, he's, either his mother or his father's died and he's, and he's like reflecting back and seeing when he danced with them and dancing in the kitchen. And now he's thinking, oh, they're on their own. They can't dance like that anymore. So they've kind of lost the love of their life. And, that, and that's what I thought my parents had. And now I'm gobsmacked that I could think that because that's obviously the image that they both wanted to portray to the outside world. But I lived with them. So I knew the truth and I still believe the image that they perpetuated. It's astounding. I, I hope I'm not the only one. Please let me know if you were sucked in by this stuff too, because I was so sucked in by it. I didn't see the difference between the image that they projected out to the world and what they were really like at home. I believed, I, I suppose I wanted to believe more in their image than what the reality was. Because the reality was, 
my father ruled the house. And the reality was that if he didn't want to do it or, or it, for it to happen, it wouldn't happen. He kind of ruled us like, like with a rod of steel. He, you know, he was in charge. And he would consistently say the thing, these things like, I'm not the master of my own house. And I'd be like, what? It, really, do you think that? Or are you just saying that so that I do something that makes you feel like you're the master of the house and you get your kind of ego rush because you know damn well that you're controlling everybody in this house? So there are two things that I remember about my parents, really big things. And one thing was uh, my parents had a temporary situ uh, separation. And what happened was my, my mum phoned my dad and the, he didn't answer the phone and he went to voicemail. And my mum didn't realise that she hadn't hung up the phone. So she carried on talking to her colleague, put the phone down, carried on talking to her colleague. And she was complaining about him going out and spending all this money on lunches and stuff like he did. Okay. And, and that really was, as far as my father was concerned, a justified reason for leaving my mother. Now, he didn't pack his bags that night. What he did was, I, and I found out all of this retrospectively, so, so most of this I wasn't following at the time. He said to my mum that they would have Christmas and that they would go on their usual winter holiday to Spain and then, and then he would leave. He would leave her. And the real twisted thing about this, and I don't know if I've shared this before, is that this was the last Christmas that it was my parents, uh, my husband and I, and my brother and my sister-in-law. I can't remember if everyone was married, but anyway, it doesn't matter, not essential to. And we all turned up like Christmas Eve, we were the first to arrive and the atmosphere was awful. Oof. Even worse than normal, which is saying something because normally it was bad, but it was just like the, like the dark thundercloud that was over the house wasn't just a dark thundercloud. It was a black thundercloud and you could cut the tension with a knife. My parents were barely talking to each other. Right, I, I will add here, I didn't know anything about this whole, this phone call. I didn't know anything about this, okay? So, but I was like, my God, what's going on? This is worse than normal. My father was like one word answers or grunts only to anybody, okay? And then my, uh, my brother and sister were all turned up and we had Christmas day and it was okay. It was one of those things where you kind of breathe a sigh of relief afterwards when it's over. Oh, that's done for now. That's good. Now, Boxing Day, Boxing Day, they made the announcement. They sat us all down and dad announced that he was going to leave mum. He was going to leave mum after their holiday at, an in, at a date not specified. 
And then that was it then. That was it. All hell broke loose after that point. He, he expected me or my brother to counsel him through this whole thing. He expected, he, he was playing the victim in all of this. It was mum's fault. It was all mum's fault. And, and I remember him saying to me, I remember going up to him on Boxing Day and saying, did he want to talk? And he said, no. And then the next day he complained that no one had approached him to talk. And I said, well, I did. And, and he said, and I, and I said, but you said no, you didn't want to talk. And he said, perhaps I said no, but I didn't mean it. And that was the point at which everything broke for me. Now, this was all before I knew about narcissistic personality disorder. I will say that. But when he said, perhaps he didn't mean no, I thought, oh, my God, I just can't win with this guy. I just cannot win. Let's just get away. Let's get away as far away from him as we possibly can do. So what happened from there? What happened from there was my dad dragged everybody in it, everybody in it. He dragged every single family member in it. He dragged in their friends into it as well, not that they had many, but everybody he dragged into it. And he expected everybody to take his side. Everybody. And I think he was very disappointed because nobody did. I think he, he expected everybody to take his side or he expected people to like literally like hang on to the bottoms of his trousers to beg him not to leave my mum. Not that it had anything to do with anybody else. A lot of people are like just it's not my business. It's got nothing to do with me. But he, what he wanted, what he was trying to do was like build his army of supporters and they were all going to be against mum. But they, a lot of people knew what he was like and knew that this was a nonsense reason for him to leave. So that didn't go as he planned. And he was very disappointed with that. Very disappointed. So then what happened? They went away. They went away. And they went back to the UK. And one day, that, my mum was like a cat on a hot tin roof about all of this. She was really, she was terrified. She, she knew the day was coming. They didn't talk about it. They just carried on this kind of really weird dynamic, which, I mean, their dynamic was never good, but this was even more weird. It, my dad was still one word answers. Oh, it must have been awful to live with him. And then one day she went to work and he left. And she came home and he'd gone. And she phoned me and I went straight back to the UK. I was back there the next day to support her as she went through this. So on so many levels, so wrong. The reason for leaving, he'd been waiting for years for her to do something that he could use against her as justification for leaving her. And then this, and then she accidentally left this message that was talking about him. So that was, he, he exploited that. And what he wanted was this army of people on his side against her. And it didn't work out like that. 
It did not work out like that. And he left for a bit and then apparently they sorted things out, which meant they just both decided that they were much more comfortable together, financially comfortable together, and that they would just carry on as normal, forget that it ever happened. Okay, so that was what I thought was normal. Well, I didn't think it was normal at the time, I must admit, but I was kind of habituated to this kind of weird behaviour. And then, and then there was the occasion. Now, I will never forget this as long as I live. My mother and I were leaving the supermarket and my mum put some money in the charity collector's little collection pot thing. And my dad just happened to be walking up to us. So we just walked past this guy and met dad in like the foyer of the supermarket where we're all leaving at. And, and as we walked past or walked up to my dad, he hissed at my mother. He said, I bet you were having sex with him around the back of the supermarket. And I was like, this was like only a couple of years ago. I was like, what? Did he really just say that? Did he really just say that? I, it was almost, it was so surreal. I felt like I was, first of all, for him to say that to her, was one thing but for him to say that within with me being an earshot too I was just like he's not trying to hide this at all he's not trying to hide how much of an asshole he is and this is presumably what my mum had always had from him and it wasn't just a one that wasn't just a one-off incident this is what she frequently dealt with with him and I thought this was like I thought their relationship was normal I, I thought that was the way that a relationship should be. So I talked recently about how, how difficult it is to be a parent because you're, you're coming from this toxic template of your own upbringing with a narcissistic parent. But it's not only your parenting that needs to be kind of, um, you know, you need to be aware of. But it's also how you are in your relationships. Because you, if you come from that environment and, you, and your parents are still together <clears throat> and one of them's a narcissist, that's a toxic setup. That is not normal. But you don't, you don't necessarily realise that. You don't necessarily realise that. It's not how it's supposed to be. And then, and because and, I know that my first serious relationship, I thought, I'm in charge. You know, I was like, I was like taking on my dad's role. He's got to do everything that I want to do. If he loves me, he will do these things for me. He will serve me in the capacity that I want. So what I was really dealing with was a huge amount of narcissistic fleas. And I thought that that was the way to be. I thought that was normal. I don't know. I don't know how he stuck me for as long as he did. I'll be honest. And then I got involved with my narcissistic ex-boyfriend or ex-fiance, and then I saw it from the other side. So I had two extremes where, where it was like I was like taking on the role of my father with my first boyfriend, and then with my second narcissistic boyfriend, he was the one that was taking on my father's role, and I realised how how awful it was to be the one on the other side of it. 
<clears throat> and if I'd had the narcissistic boyfriend first, I would have been very different with, with, no, hang on. If I'd had my first serious relationship after having that experience of narcissistic abuse from a partner, then it would have been very different. Very different indeed. So not only are you, are you trying to work out your parenting, if you're a parent yourself after narcissistic abuse, but it's also working out what's normal for an adult relationship. Is this the way to behave? And getting the kind of medium point right where not one or other is in charge and you're working together. And you wouldn't have seen this within your family. This is not how it was because the narcissist is always the one in charge. So, so this is what I'm realizing now is that, that, that I have to undo that. I have to undo what I thought was normal. I have to understand that some of the behaviors that I have, some of the fleas that I have, some of the narcissistic traits that I have come from seeing my parents' relationship and thinking that was normal. And I've done my own way of shifting through it because I've been on both sides of it. And I understand now so much more from my experiences. So can you relate to this? Have you been in a situation where you've done things like your narcissistic parent or like your other parent because you thought that was normal? You thought that your parents' relationship was, was a good relationship and you thought that was the way it was supposed to be. Have you been there? Have you experienced this too? If you have, I'd love to hear from you. So either comment below or email me, Claire, C-L-A-R-E, comebackbrighter at gmail.com. Take care. Bye.